Within this Mass, in just a few minutes, we're going to be having the second scrutiny, the second of three scrutinies, which is for, in this case, the children and the teenagers who are preparing for baptism and the other sacraments of confirmation at the Easter Vigil. And when we hear that word scrutiny, we might well imagine that we're going to call them up and we're going to ask them questions and, and listen very carefully to the answers they give us. And maybe that's what was done in the early church. It's not what is done now. We're not going to be asking them questions, but instead, you might say the scrutiny has been ongoing since the moments that I began reading that gospel story. It is our Lord Jesus Christ, through the gospel reading, who is shining light into their hearts and inviting them to listen to his words, pay attention to his actions, and to see what he wants to reveal to them. So that they and he, in the midst of that reading and perhaps in this homily, are examining carefully their own hearts and their own lives, especially in light of this story from the Gospel, which is specially chosen for this Sunday. And I mention this especially at the beginning, because even as they are doing this, so can every one of us, because he brings each of us to us as well, even if we have received baptism many years ago. His purpose in this is to bring light and reveal things, to reveal what is weak or sinful or broken, to bring it out so that he can heal and strengthen it, and also to reveal what is good, what is strong, what is upright, so that he can strengthen that still further. And especially those preparing for baptism, you know that the people around you perhaps those your own age at school, but even others, even members of your own family, however much they know you, they don't know everything about you, do they? There's some things about you that are really good that maybe they have no idea about. You know they're in there, and they don't know. They have no idea there are these good things about you. And there are other things that maybe are not so good, that maybe you're ashamed of. And they don't know it either. You can hide it from them. But you know it. We know that just as in that first reading in which the Lord in about 1000 BC was seeking to choose the new king of Israel and he sent the prophet Samuel to Jesse's home to choose one of his sons and Jesse said, well surely, in fact Samuel said, surely it's one of these older sons. But the Lord said, no, don't look as human beings look on the outside, on the appearance, God looks at the heart. So even if no one else knows certain very good things about you or certain bad things about you, God knows. He looks past the outward appearance. He looks to the heart. He wants to reveal that to you as well. So you have this long gospel reading from the gospel according to St. John. And we know that in the beginning... Jesus does this amazing work of healing. Here's a man who is blind, but not just become blind by some sort of accident. He was born blind. He never could see. Well, that's a bit of a difference. And Jesus heals him. So he does this amazing work of healing, which shows both his power and his love. But 
the reading doesn't stop there, does it? That'd be a great story. But St. John wants us to hear a whole lot more. And as he keeps on going, that's because this story, in a sense, is about something more. Yeah, it began with Jesus doing this amazing healing. But then comes what? All this discussion, all this argument, back and forth. Some of the same sentences repeated again and again, except that's the point. Because this man started out blind. He couldn't see. He never had been able to see. But as the story goes on, we get to ask ourselves, who's the one who's really blind in this story? The man was physically blind. But he's in conversation with the Pharisees and some of the Jewish leaders of that time who are asking these questions, not because they really want to know the truth, but because they want to push the conclusion they've started from. Because you listen to what they say again and again. The man who's born blind, when they ask him, what's the one thing he keeps saying? One thing I know. Like, why do you keep asking me this stuff? I don't know the answers to this. There's one thing I know. I was blind, he made me see. Boom. Fact. Experience. He knows it. He keeps saying it. You notice the Pharisees never want to look that fact square in the face. Never want to. It's there, they know it's there, but it's like they don't want to look at it, they just want to explain it away. And so for them, the basic fact they keep saying, or the thing they keep saying is, well, he did this on a Sabbath. That makes him bad. He can't possibly be from God if he did this healing on a Sabbath. And perhaps even more basic than that is that even before that, they had already decided Jesus is not from God. We're not going to listen to him. We're not going to follow him. And we're going to look for any possible excuse we can find not to see what's right in front of our eyes when we look at Jesus Christ. And so this plain fact that the blind man, the formerly blind man, has to present to them, they just will not see And so in the whole story, they make no progress. They just dig themselves in deeper and deeper and get nowhere. While the blind man, the now healed man, you notice that he initially said, look, I don't know anything except that he made me able to see. But maybe because they keep on hitting him with these questions, well, he starts asking himself these questions too. Maybe it w- he wouldn't have done it so fast, but since they keep on asking him, he's asking ask himself, well, all right, so what do I know about this guy? And he starts thinking. And we hear him actually seeing more and more, not with his eyes, but with his heart and his understanding as he goes. As first he says, you know, he must be a prophet. He must be from God. God's listening to him eventually gets to the point where once Jesus meets him again, he's ready to believe something that most people were not ready to believe during during Jesus' earthly ministry. He's ready to believe that this is the Messiah. This is the one that he and all the rest of his whole people have been waiting for for centuries. He's right. That's the truth. And because he's open... He's managed in not very much time to go all the way there. 
Now the thing is, is that the blindness that the Pharisees showed is something that any one of us can have. You all preparing for baptism could have it. Your families, your parents, people you know in school. Any of us could. If like the Pharisees, we start out holding really tightly onto something, what would that something be? Maybe it's some action we want to keep doing that we know is sinful. And so because we want to keep doing that action, we close our eyes and block out the truth about Jesus and what he's saying to us. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's who we think we are. Maybe it's something that gives us some feeling of security. Or we think it does. It could be any number of things. Something that we don't want to admit is true. Something that we don't want to change in our actions. Any of us can do exactly what the Pharisees have done. And those of you elect catechumens preparing for baptism now, as our Lord Jesus is leading you to look at these things in your heart and to look for the strong and the good things, the weak and the bad things, and perhaps especially things that you have seen there that, like the Pharisees, you don't want to look at and you don't want to touch. But Jesus wants you to. And he's shining that light into your heart. And you know that that light comes from from him who has that love and that power that healed the man born blind. And so for all of us, especially for you in these three weeks as you come to baptism, this is the time to look at those things and to speak to our Lord Jesus and say to him, Yes, Lord, I believe in you. I believe that you are a prophet. I believe that you are from God. I believe that you love me. I believe that you have that power to heal. I believe you're going to pour so much grace into me the night of the Easter Vigil. So help me. Give me the ability to see. Give me the courage to look at this. Give me the courage to open myself to you so nothing is held back from that grace that you're going to pour into me. So this time, I'd like to invite Marlon, Haley, Giselle, Lucrece, Daryl, Jane, Brandon, Colin, Kiri, Jesse, Alexa, Jocelyn, Andy, Crystal, Adriana, and Brianna, and your sponsors to come forward.